Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do That's some bad hat hair. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive, and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Altered Carbon Season 1. And to do that, we are joined by host of a fellow Lip Media podcast, the Swapcast podcast. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, Paul Mitzi. Hello, Paul. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sticking your neck out. This is your idea, actually. Yeah, mm. yeah. And I've travelled all the way from Adelaide, Australia. Cross state borders. And once you said you bought a plane ticket, it was like, well, it'd be better to do this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I can't cancel this week. <laughs> mm. uh, so, tell the listeners a bit about the Swapcast podcast and what it's all about. Okay, so the Swapcast podcast, uh, we're a movie podcast, but we are dedicated to the very niche subgenre of body swapping films. So mm. think Freaky Friday, think 17 again. Some of my favorites. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, the podcast started, my friend Brendan and I were sitting on the couch watching a terrible body swapping movie. And after it finished, we were like discussing it for ages and we're like, this should be a podcast. <laughs> There's enough of these movies and there really is. My number one question I always get is, is there enough of those mm-hmm. movies to do a podcast over? Um, I've got like a master list and we could keep going for five years. Oh, wow. At least. Um, Hello. <laughs> more being released every year. That's yes. It. Yes. It's a, it's a concept that travels across cultural lines. Every country has their own body swap films. Um, and as today we'll find out, even TVs venturing into it as well. So, um, yeah, everyone loves a good body swap. Mm. Excellent. Is there a particular episode of the podcast or a particular body swap movie you would recommend people watch and then listen to the podcast your episode about? Um, I would say a really good episode of the podcast would be the Pretty Cool episode. Pretty um, cool. Yeah, so it's this terrible uh, 2000s. You've got me already, I'm yeah, in. <laughs> terrible 2000 sex teen comedy um, and it's so epically bad. I, I find the episodes where the movies are terrible are mm-hmm. the best ones to listen to because you can just hear the pain in our voices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a particularly good one because even though it's terrible, I really enjoyed watching it and my co-host really did not. So <laughs> it's oh, a bit, there's a lot of um, conflict in that one. Mm, love that. Um, so, yeah, I would look through our episode list and any movie you've never heard of, 
that's where I would start. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. I like that as well. Yeah. Damask, how you doing? Oh, look, it's nice to be finally spoken to, Brod. No, so, I'm, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good. How welcome, are you? Welcome back to the podcast. There's Thank a bit you. of an absence. Yes, um, yes. Sorry. Happy to be back. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, how Everything's going all right for you? Everything is fabulous. That's Thank good to you. Hear. Yes, you were missed. Uh, before we get into our spoiler-free review of Alter Carbon, I do want to ask Paul, is there... And do you have any, fa- any favourite TV shows, anything you've been watching recently on TV that uh, you might want to recommend to listeners? Um, so recently I've been watching the new Josh Thomas show, Everything's mm. Gonna Be Okay. Yes. Okay. What do you think about that? I've seen, I think, the first three or four episodes, maybe an episode or two behind. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's got um, those Please Like Me vibes. It's just a heartwarming show, but it's uh, not afraid to go into some subject matter that mm. other shows mm. wouldn't normally. Um, especially for a network freeform, which used to be like the family channel in America. Mm. It's funny seeing their new rebranding. It's actually quite racy at times. Mm. And, um, you know, it's got that LGBT representation as, alongside with like autistic characters being shown in a way I don't think I've ever seen in a TV show before. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Um, what was that called again? Um, everything's going to be okay. It's on Stan okay. here in Australia. A, yeah, and right. Freeform in the, in the States. Because mm-hmm. um, famously, Damascus... Oh, controversially, I did not like Please Like Me. Oh, really? What? I, I found them um, the characters to be very mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind a show like that. If it's you know, always sunny and stuff, I love. If yeah. the comedy tips me over far enough that I can compensate. Mm-hmm. But they were just mean and it wasn't that funny to me. So I was like... I don't like it. Did you have a similar problem with Search Party as well? Yeah, I hated Search Party. They're full of mean people. I don't like it. Yeah. See, I quite enjoyed Please Like Me a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Big fan mm-hmm. of that. I think I own all four seasons on DVD or something mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Um, so I was looking forward to seeing what Josh Tom did next. How are you finding him in this as a lead and as like a different version of Josh Thomas than we got in? Look, he's. I don't think he's got incredible range. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he is likable. There is a bit of kind of cringe factor to the fact that he always casts these incredibly attractive men to be his romantic mm-hmm. partners. Sure. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to sound mean, but it just it, it does feel like a bit of wish fulfilment on his part. And, yeah. it, I, I, I mean, the whole show kind of feels a bit wish fulfilment because, you know, uh, he's kind of stumbled his way into this ultra rich lifestyle funded by his parents and you know he doesn't really have a job or responsibilities and he has this beautiful boyfriend but i mean it's a very easy show to watch for those reasons as well so um the other show that you know i've been totally obsessed with which is a very me show mm. is on disney plus the um high school musical the I series to watch that the i'm actually yeah. watched, really excited to watch that um yeah. it definitely gives me major like glee vibes and i was a gleek back in the day oh, for right. sure me too i used to write glee fan fiction yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, i was obsessed yeah. i'll read those later <laughs> yes, um, yeah, i'll send them to you i've you got a dropbox a, you can do a crossover with a different that's uh, true. Podcast now for that. Yeah, because well, I've got like a fan fiction podcast, yeah. which I'm very interested in listening to. Oh, yeah. Mm. Also, I would love to start a high school musical podcast as well because there's like the three American movies. Mm-hmm. Now there's this TV series that will have two seasons. Plus, there's High School Musical mm-hmm. China, High School Musical um, Argentina, and Mexico. There's enough there for I at least a season. I love shows with their own universe that you can really dive into. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. What was that? There's the. Um 
uh, I Could Do This All Day podcast, is it? The one that's like the MCU podcast where they go through all the movies in order of release plus the episodes of all the MCU TV shows and stuff like that. Is that the name uh, of it? No, it's something else. It's something else, but I know what you're talking about. And like, yeah. you could do that for that. Just like the movies and yeah. every single episode <laughs> of the show is its own individual podcast. You could go for years. Yes. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. Let's book it in. New one. <laughs> what a way to spend years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I know a lot of people are like, well, Mandalorian's finished. There's nothing else to watch on mm. Disney+. Plus. Mm. High School Musical, the musical, the series, mm-hmm. um, very enjoyable show, a lot better written than you'd think it would be and the young performers do a really good job. And another show which I think is fantastic to see, a family show on made by Disney on Disney Plus with openly gay characters and a mm. lot of representation there. So, good yeah, point. definitely um, would recommend that show. You've sold me. Listen yeah. up, A-Holes. That's the name of the podcast. That's it, yeah. Anyway, I remember. <laughs> All right, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Altered Carbon Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Altered Carbon is an American cyberpunk web television series created by Leetta Caligridis, adapted from the 2002 novel of the same title by English author Richard K. Morgan and premiered on Netflix on February 2nd, 2018. In a distant future where consciousness can be transferred to different bodies, Takeshi Kovach, a former soldier turned investigator, is tasked with solving a high-profile murder. The show stars Joel Kinnaman, Martha Higuereta, Byron Mann, Will Yun Lee, James Purfoy, Atto Essendo, Daichin Lockman, Renee Elise Goldsbury, Kristen Lehman, and Chris Connor as Edgar Allan Poe. Altered Carbon Season 1 consists of 10 episodes, with each episode coming in at around 54 minutes. It took us approximately 9 hours to watch. On July 27th, 2018, the series was renewed for a second season of 8 episodes, which will be released on February 27th, 2020. That's next week, if you're listening to this on the day we release. So, before we get into our spoiler-free review, are you guys fans of the cyberpunk genre in general? Have any of us read the original uh, uh, Altered Carbon book or any of Richard K. Morgan's follow-up stories? I'll let Paul go first on this one. Paul? <laughs> uh, I haven't read any of the books no. um, and or the short stories. Uh, and I like a bit of cyberpunk, like Blade Runner and Ghost in the Shell and all that kind of stuff. I, I dig. I, I wouldn't say like I'm a super fan or anything, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the aesthetic of it's cool, and yeah, I'll seek it out if I if I do see it. Sure, Damask. Um, uh, just before like the new Blade Runner came out, I mm-hmm. finally got around to watching the old Blade Runner, or also known as Blade Runner. Now yeah. the question is, which version did you watch? Because there's like three or four versions of the thing out. I don't know. Either way, I didn't enjoy it. Okay, I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> um, might have been cool back in the day. I guess, mm-hmm. but because I've seen a million people riff off that already, I was like, no, I don't get it. Sure. Um, but otherwise, not attached to the genre. So, does at that all. mean you didn't watch the new one? I did watch the new one. And same opinion? I actually probably enjoyed it more, but it just wasn't my jam, you know? Mm. I just kind of, it was fine, but I couldn't, I can't attach to people who are so. Abstract, I guess. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think I get what you mean. I was mm. a big fan of Blade Runner. It's 2049, right? Yes. That was, yeah, 2049. I wasn't even going to try to pretend I knew what I'll, year it was <laughs> based Because there's this cyberpunk 2016, 2099, I don't know. There's always a 20-something-something something mm-hmm. in yeah. the title of these cyberpunk things. Anyway, yeah. the latest Blade Runner movie, Loved. I agree with you a bit about the original. I think I look at the spectacle of it and you understand the era it came out in. It was doing some really revolutionary stuff. Mm. 
visuals wise and i definitely appreciate mm. that like the design yeah. is beautiful and obviously very apparent in what we're about to talk about so all that stuff said i was like oh that's cool to kind of see the beginnings mm-hmm. of that which is awesome but as a film itself as a story i wasn't particularly enchanted by blade runner without really being a fan of cyberpunk the thing i definitely my touchstone is without a doubt the matrix though i yeah. adore the mm. original matrix that was mind-blowing to me in 1999, 2000, when I first saw it on VHS and then DVD. And then I waited in line to see the sequels, which were not as good, but <laughs> I kind of love for what they are anyway. I, they're filming The Matrix 4 right now, and I could not I be more I did see excited. the little photo of yeah. Keanu at the back of a motorbike and got quite With excited. Carrie Moss at the yeah. front of that motorbike, mm. I might add. Mm-hmm. Like, I am properly excited about that <laughs> well, nice. it, the fact that the Wachowskis are involved again yes. that's what makes me excited yeah mm. if it wasn't and yeah. yeah and there was like a reboot or something I'd be like don't want it but knowing that I think Solana yeah. is directing is did very, they do very the second and third they did yes yeah, yeah. Oh. They, they were so why are you so excited <laughs> what have um, they learned I I don't know I think <laughs> I think there's just room for more Matrix in the world I think that's I think fair. it's it's a universe that can be returned back to and I don't know I'm, I'm fascinated but, to see what the Matrix if it was made now would look like I guess mm-hmm. in a big way but all the stuff they've been doing lately um, like Sensei, uh, Sensei I like, adore right, yeah. that show and another one we should review someday yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and the even future, their last mm. uh, film projects that were a bit like divisive mm-hmm. cloud atlas and jupiter ascending i had a, a lot of fun i really want to see jupiter ascending apparently it's terrible but good like because i love a bad yeah. movie yeah so i just feel like it would absolutely be my jam and i've been meaning to put it on my tv but yeah. my girlfriend won't let me so no, do it override pending. that pending right well before we do that we should give our reviews oh of yes that, that part of the show <laughs> uh damask would you like to go first oh it'd be an honor and a privilege thank you so much excellent This show is one of the horniest TV series I've ever watched. It's like me at 13 just grinding up against the arms of chairs. It's tits and ass with a blue and pink wash over it. Beyond that, I really do enjoy the world that is shown to us, the moral ambiguity around capitalist reincarnation, the importance of physical materialism as opposed to spiritual or mental pursuits. It's rich fodder and I am genuinely intrigued by its possibilities and where the show could take us in the future. But do I think Altered Carbon reached its potential in Season 1? No, not really. The world-building use is what we have come to expect from a sci-fi noir, as we were talking about before, and it uses that coding to help introduce us to some complex stories. It doesn't always nail those complex narratives, though. The main detective tale is pretty good, entertaining, and will leave you guessing. However, it did falter at times by being slightly convoluted and hindered the pacing of the overall season. As for the characters, and this is the bit I really want to talk about, um, they struggle for two reasons. Firstly, many of them are one-dimensional, leaving me cold when I am meant to be emotionally invested in either the class system that oppresses them or the destruction of their lives. These are characters that things happen to. It's the things that happen that are the most compelling, not the characters experiencing them. And I don't love that way of storytelling, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts. Secondly, the characters also suffer from some rather stilted performances. Material that isn't perfect can be elevated by an actor who infuses it with a little nuance It probably comes down to direction, though, as many of the cast are giving a similar level of performance. But unfortunately, the soap opera writing is matched by the soap opera acting, and it can be disappointing, 
particularly given how other parts of the world are so great. Every character, bar one, takes themselves very, very seriously. Hit the nail on the head there, (laughs) yeah. Which is part of the genre. So once I got on board with that, I became a little less judgy. In saying all of that, I didn't have a bad time watching this show. It was fun, full of ridiculously good-looking people with a well-designed and production values that were arresting. I found myself gasping at some of the action sequences, gagging at the more gruesome deaths, and genuinely wondering where it was all going to end up. Altered Carbon Season 1 is not great TV, but it's a really good time, particularly for anyone looking for a show that makes you feel like you've just played a great video game. Thank you very much. Very good. <laughs> uh, Paul, could you please give your thoughts on Alter Carbon Season 1? Um, I think I'm on a very similar um, train of thought there. Um, good. I was so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're going to come in and be like, it was the best. And I was like, it was fine. Yeah. Um, Altered Carbon is a show of ideas. Mm. There is so much ideas flowing through every episode, um, so much detail in the world building. And it's easy to get caught up in that and just Mm. think like if society went in this direction, this is probably what would happen if people had that uh, access to that particular technology or that particular thing, this is probably the outcome. Um, And I think it did a really good job on that. Um, I think the uh, acting and the characters definitely lack, um, but are kind of made a bit more tolerable just because everybody is so attractive mm. that even if they're just standing around, <laughs> you're like... is that always the case? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, the, the show is very happy to have every just, everyone just walk around naked the entire mm. time and that Do can... Do whole fight scenes naked. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that made me so nervous to go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we, I think that scene was, like, icon- uh, really iconic. Like, yeah. Sure. Uh, I've never seen that in another show before. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I always love a show with ambition. I love a show that will show me something I've never seen before. And I think this this show delivers that in spades. Every episode, there's a new idea and new visuals um, and just a lot to chew on. So I definitely appreciated uh, Altered Carbon for that. Mm. Cool. Just to be really boring, we're definitely all feeling the same way about this. <laughs> when your first statement, Paul, was about ideas, I was like, did you steal my notes? Did you hack my computer? It's <laughs> exactly where I wanted to start. Yes, it's a show... It's full of ideas, classic sci-fi concepts like digitization of the human consciousness, artificial intelligence, synthetic life, extended lifespans, etc. I don't think it's any surprise that the original book was published three years after The Matrix arrived and sort of caught fire. Really? Was it that recent? Yeah. So, 2002, the book came out. Oh, interesting. And I feel like, you know, there would have been a lot of things that were trying to... I think there was like The Equalizer and those sorts of movies came out at a similar Mm -hmm. time. You know, that took off. Mm -hmm. Um, Cyberpunk was cool all of a sudden and things were trying to work off that trend. Um, Aesthetically, the show is doing some interesting things too. Light and dark are used to great effect. Warped and ultra-wide lenses, colour manipulation. It's a very Blade Runner-esque world um, and there's some appealing things to that for sure. However, while it is overflowing with flashy visuals and mind-bending ideas, it is bone dry when it comes to humanity. This show, which could absolutely be about humanity, absolutely lacks it. The show itself takes itself way too seriously, and I know that is a part of the genre, but cool, dark, and brutal are always the first priorities of this show. 
violence and nudity, all of that stuff loses its shock and becomes boring the more of it that there is. If it's going to be this serious, it could at least be a bit more original. Of course, it adheres to the touchstones of the genre, but also sticks to every cliche of not just cyberpunk and sci-fi, but storytelling in general. To be fair, playing the greatest hits can work, but you have to execute them very, very well. At its best, Alter Carbon execution is just fine. Ultimately, Alter Carbon is at times, but increasingly less so as the season went on, visually interesting, uh, idea-rich, though not necessarily original ideas, sci-fi cliche that was so busy trying to be stylish, edgy and cool, it forgot to make me care. So, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yep. by strong finish there. By yep. the end, uh, by the last episode, I was I was struggling. Uh, final score out of five stars, Damask. We'll start with you. I gave it a two point five. It was like not terrible. It was middling. I enjoyed it, and I actually plan on watching season two. But the story itself was nothing particularly special to me. Paul, um, I'm going to give it a three point five. Mm. Yes. Like, uh, I think it's funny because I think we're on similar opinions about the content of the show, but yeah. I think overall I, I enjoyed it more. Yeah. Cool. I also want to give it a 2.5. To give it a 2 would be to say it was as bad as Westworld Season 2. It was absolutely not. It's not none. that bad. No. <laughs> it's not that bad. Very few things are that bad <laughs> or that infuriating. <laughs> Fuck you, Westworld. I'm still angry about it. Season 3 comes out real soon. <sighs> Have you I, watched that, Paul? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what did you, you love s- it? Oh no, I've been no no no, <laughs> no 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 no. I I get like I did kind of lose it by the end of season two, mm. but the trailers for season three look really good. I'm I'm actually keen I'm, to I'm jump so back into jaded. That. Brod's gonna watch it, aren't yeah. you? Yes. And then I, but I'm too upset still. So we'll see okay. if we'll review it or not. I agreed with you, Paul, about the trailers until the last trailer, which came out a couple of days ago, which I thought was horrendous. I haven't seen that one yet. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch it. I was like, that's a bad trailer. Uh, and also might be giving a bit too much away to try and get people in to watch it. There's some mm-hmm. things they've kept out of previous trailers. Mm-hmm. But if you're a fan of the show, I would recommend not watching that and just starting from episode one of season three. Yeah. Don't watch that trailer. It's a bad trailer. So it, um, th- you struggled the further you got into the season. And by the end, you didn't care as much. <laughs> yeah. I think I had the opposite. I think by the end... Mm. I was actually kind of vibing on the group dynamic that mm-hmm. got formed by the end. And it was sure. actually giving me a bit of like the Scooby gang Buffy vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started reminding me of of like Joss Whedon, Firefly, Buffy, Angel and um, Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of Dollhouse in this Ooh, show yes. as well. And the actors, the actors too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had like a combo of both of you. So I started being like... Uh, not feeling the the vibe, the characters. And then we did kind of get that kind of group coming together, really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the payoff wasn't enough for me mm. and those relationships didn't really cultivate into something that was meaningful for me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. But that a section in the middle, I was like, oh, I kind of see where you're going now. I like it. But yeah, unfortunately, the payoff didn't get there. And then completely opposite to all of you, I thought the first episode, I saw the potential. I saw like the world, I saw the characters that were being introduced, and I saw there's something to build off here. Uh, in the very first episode, we go to the Hotel Raven, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is an interesting idea, there's some fun to be had here. Mm-hmm. And the further and further we got into it, the less and less I thought the fun elements were being utilised with any sort of mm-hmm. real, any real way, and the less and less I found the characters' motivation, particularly the villain characters, I have a hard time 
Oh, yeah, we'll get into that, my yeah. friend. And it's just like, <laughs> if I don't care about why this is happening or why these people are doing what they're doing, it's hard to care about what's happening on screen. Or the <laughs> and, and so by the last episode, I'm watching it and certain things are being revealed as well. I'm like, really? Did that actually happen? Is that really a plot point? I hope they're lying because that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no. Nah, I'm, I'm so excited to I'm hear you talk like, about out. that. Yeah. <laughs> that rant and rave we're going to get later. Brilliant. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we would really appreciate you sharing this podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of Altered Carbon. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Altered Carbon up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Before we get into sort of the plot stuff that's going on, I did want to ask your guys' opinion on what I call the scar joeing of this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the ghost in the shelling, you might call it. Yeah. Where the ghost in the shell movie was famous for having Scar Johansson play an Asian character. In fact, having not seen the movie, but having seen the original anime, mm-hmm. uh, it's an Asian woman is being put into Scar Johansson's body mm-hmm. or something that looks like Scar Johansson in the movie. In Alter Carbon, 
This is an Asian man who is now in a white man's body. Mm-hmm. What do we think about that in terms of not just if there's something problematic about it, but how the show utilizes that and whether it utilizes the potential in that sort of idea? Do you have any thoughts? Um, I've got many thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've seen the ScarJo um, Ghost in the Shell film, mm-hmm. and it's actually a very similar. Uh, plot point that Mm -hmm. makes that occur. Um, I think this show is better. Sorry. I think this show deals with this better because we actually get to see him as an Asian man. Sure. Mm. Whereas in Ghost in the Shell is very like fleeting. Maybe you see that for 10 seconds or more. Um, But this, he can be his own character as an Asian man Mm -hmm. as well as a white man, I think the whole show reckons with him being in that body, whereas in Ghost in the Shell, it's like a last-minute plot point that Mm -hmm. you don't realise until the end. Mm. Um, I think in the universe of this show, like gender and race and everything is interchangeable. It seems like a post-racial sort of world. Yeah, so I think it's appropriate for the story they're telling. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I didn't have a problem with that. In season two, um, he's going to be played by a, um African-American actor. So mm-hmm. um, I think they're just spreading the love. And <laughs> mm. um, you can't say that this show doesn't have representation because they're, uh, all the colours of the rainbow are represented in this. And Absolutely. you have men playing women, old people playing young people. Um, it's actually very similar to, uh, we're talking about the Wachowskis, their film Cloud Atlas mm. had a very similar thing where mm. uh, they had a whole array of actors playing every race and gender mm. and age. So I, I find that really interesting. When it started, I was very much like, my reaction was like, Oh no, how is this going to play out? Because mm. I, I was nervous. I was like, oh fuck, am I going to have to be like angry and annoyed this whole show <laughs> at this premise? And then as we go on, like actually relatively soon, you know, we have um, Kovacs, Kovacs, whatever the fuck his name is. I'm gonna call <laughs> I think him, different people say different. They do. I'm going to call him Coco Kovacs, Kovacs, because yeah. that's just where I'm at. So Coco? Um, so Coco was leaving <laughs> sure. in his new sleeve and you see that little girl as an old woman. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is like a real thing. That's a reality for a lot, if not most people, is like not existing in their biological sleeve or body or whatever mm-hmm. and, and often and very different sorts very of different yeah. mm-hmm. and they don't shy away from acknowledging why that is tough or uncomfortable they do acknowledge it and they just kind of but it is also the norm so it can't be an overarching or truly terrible thing because that's their reality they don't stay in their their you know the, the race they were born in, the gender, all that kind of stuff. So as we went on and we do see there's more and more like diversity with the cast as we go along, mm. we have a deeper understanding of, you know, the emotional and mental nuance of, you know, going into a new sleeve. I think it's pretty well done. I'm not a person of colour. I can't speak to that. But as I was watching, I was like, oh, I think they've done that as best as they could given like that's the – they wanted to be close to the – Material and with like him being a white man. I was like, okay, they've handled it pretty responsibly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's important to realize or to point out that it, 
was in the original book, this was the case. Asian man ends up in this white man's sleeve. Um, so that starts there. Of course, it's different in a book when I assume, unless it's being told by an outside narrator, it was probably an internal monologue. Mm. So first person. So you're still getting the perspective of that person about existing in that body the entire time. Mm. And we're not seeing a white actor play an Asian man in a white man's body. And so like there's complexities just because of the medium of it. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, it's, it's murky, I guess. I would argue... Like, the the world does make it easier to handle because this is the norm and it does seem to sort of be a post-gender, post-racial sort of universe. Mm. I kind of wish there was some more time spent talking about it, but if the world doesn't really allow for people to have that reaction and they can't mm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's murky. I yeah. would understand why people would have problems with yeah. it. Could they perhaps perhaps have used someone like, you know, in the second season, they've got an African-American playing the character. Could they have done that in the first season in which so there isn't that power dynamic that imbalance there that's the bit that the, feels like know, yeah. unusual is yeah, that the it white had to washing. be a white man yeah. even if it was like a white woman or a black man or something else just that didn't make it seem like oh it's just another white man as our lead and yeah. that's a part of it too it's like it's an asian character but another white male lead in a tv show or a movie it just feels like really okay but yeah i think because obviously they're not here. limited by literally the race or gender of the protagonist and it's like, well, did we have to? Would it have made Which a is big, another conversation. Would it yeah. have made a big difference to the story if Kovach wasn't white, a white man? No. Would it? Well, I mean, I would really have loved to see the version of the show where it was like a six-year-old child or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, yeah, I would watch that show. <laughs> I think it, it could have had a lot more comedic event, yeah. <laughs> potential that way. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, being a straight, white, good-looking cop has inbuilt privileges with mm. it, which was important for that character to have those privileges in a way. Like he had to be able to mingle with the upper crust of society and all that kind of thing. And it wouldn't have made as much sense for the um, for James Purfoy's character to want him around if maybe he wasn't that mm. actor. Mm. Were there many people of colour amongst the myths? I was just trying to think about that as well. I don't know if there really was. There Maybe might have a been few, a few, but, but I think it was mostly white now that I think about white. it. Yeah, yeah except it from uh, obviously like his sister um, was an Asian female right. and she so, also mm-hmm. used a sleeve of a black man at one point mm-hmm. when they went to dinner together. That's right, yeah. Yeah, okay. And yeah, that's where it gets murky. It's like that's that's why I ask like what's the purpose of having the, the character be that way if it's because it's post- gender and post-ethnicity, um, then there's nothing to comment on there. But if you still want to make that comment, then by putting it that way is saying something gets tricky, I guess. What I want to ask you next, Paul, mm-hmm. as a devotee of the body swap genre, mm-hmm. how did you feel about Altered Carbon as an entry in that genre in terms of how it plays with that idea, utilises that idea? I think... Um a lot of uh, the issues that we have with the body swap movies that we review on the show is that it's such a mind-altering, world-breaking thing if mm. you woke up in another body. Mm. if you That's know, why they if, all grab boobs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my uh, God, what are these flabby gibnets? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it, if that happened to you in real life, that would be a giant hurdle 
to be able to go, this just happened to me. Now mm. I have to, you know, go to school or mm-hmm. go to my job. Um, I think the good thing about this show is that because it's part of the world. I love that we would still world, feel the need to go to our job. I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> my mind has exploded. I'm not going to my 25-hour job. That's uh, the amount of times we've had this conversation on this show. It's like, why are you going to work? Why are you going to school? <laughs> Just call yeah. in sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, because it's an inbuilt part of this mm. world and that it's something that has become the reality, I think it allows you to explore a different side of what a body swap would actually entail Yeah. Um, because you don't have that whole like, why is this happening? Or how am I going to switch mm. back? It's kind of like, this has happened. Now I am in this body and I have to live my life in this body. There's mm. not like a chance of a swap back or anything. Yeah, it's the fabric um, of the universe really. It's just yeah. kind of like it is what it is. Mm. So I think it's interesting in that respect. It also, but on the other flip of the coin, um, it takes away some of those elements that we expect from body swap film. Mm-hmm. You never have him waking up and, you know, playing with his junk or mm. somebody. Wait, I mean, we've seen him shower a lot, but other yeah. than that, yeah. <laughs> not really um, having fun. Because I know if I woke up in Joel Kinnaman's body, I wouldn't be oh. leaving the house for a while. <laughs> um, I'd go out immediately and be like, hey, ladies, what is up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the only time we really have any kind of discussion of that is when D. Chen Lockman's character goes into um, Kristen's body yep. and mm. she's taking a bath and then she's like, oh, I can see why you like this. Mm. Um, and that's really the only time anyone comments about the sleeves they're in in that way. Yeah. Um, even when like the old grandma is in the um, like thug's body, mm. like she's changed gender. She's now like a slightly overweight guy with tattoos and piercings everywhere. Doesn't seem phased by it for a second. The only yeah. time she it comes up. She does say when she's peeing standing up and standing she's up. quite excited And that. just making a joke yeah. about it. Mm. But that is it. There's just, there's no like second to adjust. There's no like, oh, I'm bigger now and I don't fit through these spaces as well as mm. I used to or nothing. It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, it feels right. I did find it interesting in, like, obviously a world where you can inhabit any sleeves. And maybe there's, like, this kind of sci-fi technical reason for this. But, like, the the cross-sleeving that they mentioned when the mum goes into a man's body and she's like, I'm in a man's body. Mm-hmm. Like, as though – I was like, I really did think that perhaps we were in, like, a post-gender world, but I mm-hmm. guess that we're not because she was having – trouble with that but I don't know, it seems different for every person and yet and yet it didn't last too long though it's mm. like if there was that sort of stuff happening sooner very quickly i thought they just moved into them just being a sort of a couple and being fairly comfortable with the idea mm. um we didn't get to the point where they were talking about how they were going to be intimate or anything like that mm-hmm. but they were just sort of like okay cool you're here now and mm-hmm. i think that's one thing i was I was waiting for the show to do yeah. is show them at least kiss or mm-hmm. something. To oh, I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like your your wife that you've been pining for for years is back, mm. but she's back in a male body. And I think there's stuff that you could have explored there mm. that the show didn't really seem interested in exploring. It's Jumanji the next level over again. They yeah. just they pulled out of the Aquafina Karen oh, Gillan kiss. Yeah, no, like left so on the table. Because <laughs> uh, we went to the movies together to see that, and I was just waiting for that yeah. that kiss, and it didn't come. So but that's all right. It's fine. <laughs> um, in terms of like the the overall the bigger themes of the show, of which I love there are many. how wide your eyes got when you said <laughs> themes. <laughs> yeah. 
what did you think the, the show was trying to say ultimately? Were there any, was there anything? Whoa. Just, I'm just shaking my just, head. Just, okay. You said before we started recording this section in Damascus, yeah. you were sort of still stewing a little bit. Were there mm. things you were struggling with still, questions you needed answered? Oh, yes. I do have one question, which was really important at the end of the show because they kept mentioning it like it was the thing that I was meant to know and I couldn't remember it. It was like the – it was the UN, like 653. Yes. So I, I, I was just uh, episode nine. They kept mentioning like six five three, like he you know skewed the vote on six five three, and I couldn't remember what six five three was. It's mentioned, I think, in the very first episode. Oh, there's no fucking way I could ever remember that. Yeah, it is. It is sprinkled in. Spr- sprinkled in. Oh, I don't like details. You see, so it's it's <laughs> about ignore them. Uh, this is a bad show. For you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's about the religious coding on yeah. the sleeves. So oh, I found it at the very end yeah. of the show, and they explained it. I was like. Oh, it's all making sense now. Yeah, yeah. which I think is another really cool idea. So it's like mm. um, if somebody has a religious um, belief that would make them not want to live on in another sleeve mm. once they die, it's actually code hard-coded into their chip. So um, if they die um, and they were murdered, just mm. say, the cops can't bring them back up and say, oh, who murdered mm. you? Because they've just said, no, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to be really, resurrected. As like that was slowly coming out with the investigation, obviously these people were being murdered, mm-hmm. but then the coding had been manipulated to yeah. then be used against them. I thought that was fascinating. I was like, oh, my God, where's that going to go? Mm-hmm. It ends up in this boring sister storyline, but that's fine. But the idea of that I thought was like, fuck, that's really cool and scary also having that option is really interesting and important. Well, what's interesting, I think at the end it sounds like the UN is going to revisit that ruling and perhaps reverse it. So that well, they even, did at the end. They, they said did reverse they did. it. Yeah. And so now they can just spin someone back up yeah. even if they ask to not be. Well, to testify or whatever and then shoot them back out into oblivion. But the religious beliefs of the people who didn't want to be uh, brought back to life was that that would mean they would go to hell. Like yeah. if they did against the, mm. if you did against their will, that's it. They're stuffed. So I don't know whether that ruling being reversed <laughs> is necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Maybe we need to have some sort of regulations on checking how they're coded. That looks like that's been a yeah. problem because it's been mm. manipulated. But maybe the ruling wasn't a bad one. I'm confused about that. Yeah, I think the good show point. is saying that's a good thing. It's a happy ending. Mm. But yeah. really, for if you genuinely have those beliefs, beliefs. Yeah. that's not a happy ending. Yeah, You're going Kristen's to hell. It's totally infringing on your rights. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it totally is. That's true. And mm. does, it's not what it's. Yeah, it doesn't affect anybody else. It's just you. Yes, we might not find out who your murderer is, but. But you get to go to heaven, you know, theoretically. Do your in your job, mind. the police. Like, <laughs> do your job, police. <laughs> yeah, hard take. Are there any other sort of big ideas that we really enjoyed in the show? Obviously, there's the idea of extended life. Um, what happens when people can live forever, and the mm. effect that has. The idea that we still have classism somehow, even in a post-death sort of world. Um, well, I think it's it's um, made even worse by yeah. the post-death yeah. world. Well, it's, it's like. like Capitalist reincarnation. It's not mm-hmm. just reincarnation. It's like, you know, if you're poor, you get a shitty sleeve that the government just releases from who knows where. The American healthcare system still going That's as it. strong yeah. as ever. <laughs> well, I think this is all just an allegory for that. 100%. Oh, allegories, yes. <laughs> do you actually like allegories? Or? <laughs> no, I do. I do. But this this one was just so... Ham-fisted? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. This is not a great moral allegory if you will but just it made me go "Mm, what are the ethics here of fucking someone else in your partner's body 
Well, this is something that's with Coco, as that I call him, come across in like the body swap films we've done as mm. well. It's like, what is consent when you're in another body mm. that's yeah. not your own? Yeah. And I don't think there's a simple answer. And I yeah. really hope we don't ever get to a point yeah. in our lives where we actually seriously <laughs> have to think about this. So I was like, if I came back, if I was, what's her boyfriend's name? Riker. Yeah. If I came back and I was Riker, and I was like, what did you do while I was away? And she was like, oh, well, some guy entered your body and I also fucked him. I'd be like, so it's not me, it's my body that you want? Like, I'd be so <laughs> confused by that. Because I just say too much about my insecurities. No, I think that, that's exactly... But it, that, they don't go on to explore that or think about no. that really at all. No. So you're saying there's a, um expiration date on their relationship after this Look, season Look, it may ends. not be as healthy as we first thought. Yeah. I, I think the, what we're getting at here a little bit though is these ideas are brought up and on a very broad level, we mm. understand the effects or the negative sides. But they what we tend to never really do is look at what that means to an individual in terms of how does that complicate your relationship with a person? How does that complicate relationship with a loved one? We, like, we were talking about, um, I can't remember the character's name now, the uh, the guy in the hacker is his wife and their daughter Lizzie is in the- Vernon or something? Vernon, thank you. Yeah. He, Elliot is his surname, thank you. They That whole idea of having the gender swap with the wife mm-hmm. is like, it's a point that's made- we never get to see what sort of drama or complication yeah. that causes. How it actually functions. How it functions mm. on any sort of like individual level. And this is the bit for me where the show really lets it down. It's like the characters are barely characters. They are noir, cyberpunk, just cliches, saying and talking about cliche things. And we never mm. get to the humanity of the situation. Very broadly, we understand that's bad, that's inhumane, those sorts of things. Yeah. But just the nuance is so often not there. The character is forgotten. That's a bit that frustrating me. And I think uh, if you look at the series, there's definitely stuff you could have cut out to expand out on the more interesting stuff. Can I like, suggest one straight off the bat? Yeah. The virtual torture stuff, Can there's a whole episode exactly about it. Exactly what I was going to say. disappear. Yeah. yeah. It's a bridge. It's a concept. I liked it. To, it's, <laughs> it's not a bad concept. It's yeah. like, it's an interesting idea, very Matrixy mm. and whatever. But it, uh, they spend a whole episode on on mm. um, Kovach being in that, and it's like ends up being part of uh, Ray's like business stuff, but really doesn't have a big influence on the mm. plot. I don't think. I think it's you like could the, have found yeah. a way around it. Yeah, it just removed it whole cloth. It's just an idea too far. Yeah, I totally agree. The virtual torture, and I don't know. I think this might be controversial, but Ooh. I could have gotten rid of the flashback episode. I think I don't disagree. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Because didn't add enough. I mean, I've listened to interviews with the cast where they've described this show overall as mm. centrally a love story between him and Quillcrest, wow. and that that was the anchor of the whole show. And it, from the looks of it, season two it's going to be a huge focus of season mm. two. Yep. Um, well, he's got to find his princess. Remember. I didn't find any, like, chemistry between those characters. I didn't care about that relationship. I really wanted more of the present-day stuff. And when it went, that whole episode of them in the flashback, I was like, mm, could you could have just gotten rid of this, expanded out on the characters we were already attaching ourselves to in the present-day storyline. Yeah, it also made um, what seems like a really complicated thing very simple and almost childish Mm. like watching 
you know, this Ewok army in the forest, like have this <laughs> fanciful idea of like taking down the evil empire. I was like, I don't know how that's going to work. It almost made me side with the sister being like, you guys are delusional. <laughs> I don't believe the chemistry between you two. You, it's literally like just a chem- kamikaze mission. Um, yeah, it was so simplistic and so basic that I was like, the more Wait, info, cliche. the more yeah. info that you're giving me, the cheaper this like love story yeah. feels. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what did you guys think of Quill Crest as a character because she just felt like a speech machine to me. Totally. Like oh, she all was. she does yeah. is do speeches, and there wasn't any humanity to like. You talk mm. about the lack of humanity in these characters. She was the one I felt that the most. Mm. I just didn't get. She didn't feel like a real human at any point. There is, there's no point they convinced me why those two characters would be in love and so in love that they would have the actions and and talk to each other the way that they do. It's just, it's mm. not on the screen. It's not there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's the writing. Actually, it's definitely partly the writing, mm-hmm. the direction, or the or the performances. It's probably a mixture of all of them. And you know what else doesn't help though, in just in the grand scheme of things, is the body swap nature of it, mm-hmm. where we're having to believe different actors playing the same character and their devotion to these people. But what's hard about that is like uh, they are the same character by name but have had such different experiences. They are different people. Yeah, I have a hard so time it's, it's really, really believing one. Because he ki- says like obviously you know, after the whole stronghold thing happened, he went off and pretty much became a different person. Mm-hmm. So the, the early attack that we get is so different to Coco. Like it's mm-hmm. just, yes, I will continue to call him that, Brad. <laughs> Um, like they're just, they are different people. So when we have a flashback. I'm like, well, this isn't relevant to the character that I am meant to be invested in at all. Do you know my least favorite elements of the whole Tack Quell stuff mm. was the idea that he was hallucinating her because he knew somehow all along that Ray had backed her up. The line that is used a couple of times is like, oh, I knew that all along or you knew that all along. I was like, that's not how... <laughs> brains or humans work oh, that's just his envoy I, intuition i, I, I imagine. hate it i hate it so much it frustrates me the whole and i also hate people talking, and you know that i hate people having uh talking and interacting with hallucinations as a trope in mm. tv sure. shows like it just is so cliche and so far from reality in any mm. way in episode one I was okay with it. That explained that part of his sleeve sickness was that he was going to have some hallucinations, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to see things from past lives and stuff like that. And they introduced, like, you see Quell and Ray and they're like, they're there to be a little bit of a mystery, a little bit of a breadcrumb, so you can get mm-hmm. to those later. But by episode 10, <laughs> when she's literally standing there talking to him in the scene, mm. this is where I was losing it, right? I was really just like <laughs> done with the show. Yeah. I was this is this is rubbish. Well, yeah, because I don't mind obviously like, you know, a bit of a flashback or getting lost in a conversation that's already taken place. But you're having full new conversations with someone mm-hmm. who does not exist. Yeah. Who is like spouting off poetry at you, which is just... Uh, I really... It's just a lot sometimes, you know, guys? Just a lot. I struggled to buy the idea that Ray backed her up as well before she killed her. Why would she have done that? Why would she have ever done that? Why was that a thing she chose to do? What reason was there for it? How did she do it? It's just like, oh, yeah, that's all I did before I killed her and you should believe me. And he knew that the whole... Sorry. I think the show wants you to think that she wanted it either like as a bargaining chip yeah. or that because she... In case they were fucking her over, maybe she had like a copy of this person that they may have wanted. I don't know. Yeah, but- or, or or on the other hand, it could be that 
because she does love her brother and she knows that he loves her, she always has the op- like the option to give him what he wants, mm. which is her. I understand the reason. I just don't believe she did we, it in yeah. the moment. Yeah. It seemed way too spontaneous. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't make a lot it, of that, sense. That moment didn't work for me either. Mm. Well, yeah. there was constant like convenience of like, oh, well, you think this, I'm in a corner. Well, actually, there was constantly like a well, actually, that just mm. seemed so written. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem naturally occurring. I was like, mm-hmm. for fuck's sake. <laughs> like the-, the moment when they, this brother and sister first see each other again. And he happens to, first time he's back in his normal skin suit. And I was like, what a happy coincidence that was, that he just happened to be in the right body that he needed to be, that they could really recognise each other. I was like, that's annoying. Oh, when he first goes back and then yeah, like and they, and they coo- fight y- each other. And, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 totally. Um, what do we think, we were going to get here, I think, eventually, of Ray as a villain ultimately in the show? Damascus is rolling her eyes. Women be jealous. <laughs> Women be crazy. Am I right? Yeah. Um, I I was excited to see that his sister was alive. I'm like, what's going on here? I the uh, the more information we got about her as a villain became more and more cliche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just continuously or continually having the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Every interaction, which was boring, um, that back half was hard. <laughs> yeah. It was hard because, like, even the blocking itself was, you know, that bit when she's kind of giving the the download of all, like, oh, this is, you know, this is what happened, and then I did this, and then I did this. Is like, you know, she'd dramatically sit down on the couch and t- speak to him for a minute, and then she'd dramatically turn and walk away. And be silent, and then dramatically turn back, and and it, that would repeat like three or four times. Like it, I was suddenly watching just a straight up soap opera, and mm-hmm. it was disappoint. I was disappointed. I was like, I thought this was going to go somewhere really cool, and it was cliche at every turn. I think was um, mm-hmm. Dai Chan has like really good um, presence on screen. Mm-hmm. I think she can play a convincing. Badass. Mm. I think it's direction, um, personally. That's yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen her in like Dollhouse and stuff. She's got, yeah. She can play, you know, a lot of range. She's got a lot mm. of talent there as well. Yeah, and, and I don't think, it, like, if you didn't know she was Australian, you oh, wouldn't. You wouldn't know. Yeah. No idea. Um, uh, so I think on a physical level, she did really well in this role. Like, she's, mm. you know, for such like a um, petite girl, she's very. Uh, imposing on mm. the screen and she's convincing in her fight scenes. Yeah. Um, I think for years working like sci-fi and action, like she's yeah. so well-trained and so convincing in like action sequences and stuff. Yeah. She yeah. does a great job as well. I mean, she does have a, a few like very scenery chewing like um, <laughs> uh, monologues mm. and, you know, I have become a titan of industry. Right. And it's oh, like, you can see the teeth marks in the wall. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I thought it was entertaining on that level. I wouldn't say it was a, <laughs> A good yeah. character or a good performance yeah. overall, but I don't think I was ever bored watching her. I was, I think. Yeah. I because I feel like if you're gonna do it, really do it. If you're gonna mm-hmm. be like a bit overly villainous and campy, then I feel like th- and this is not I don't think an actor choice. I really do think it's a direction choice and like being middling. So it's taking itself seriously, but it has an element of camp, but not camp enough that it's Satire so, or parody. Yeah, so it's just kind of like... But this show is yeah. never willing to lean into the 
campiness as much as I believe it should have. Yeah. I think there are there are there are lots of potential ways they could have, mm. and they always seem to back away to try and make sure it was serious and cool and brutal, but never ever anywhere lean anything close to camp or funny or anything like that. Mm. It just had a little bit of its tongue in its cheeks. Give me sometimes. a bit more fifth element of like you just know, a touch. just kind of it's futuristic, it's insane, it's very serious and scary. But it's fucking campus tits. Yeah. Don't mind yeah. it. I, I mean, there would have been a lot less tits and ass, but I would have liked to see a Joss Whedon version of this show. Oh. Mm. Like, yeah. I think he would have struck that balance that you want of the camp and the seriousness. Just and a the bit of a sense well. of humour. Yeah. Like, it's hard for me to believe someone is a human if they never crack a smile or, like, find the humour in any situation. Mm-hmm. Because life is funny, particularly when life is really fucked up and hard. Yeah. Sometimes you, you you have a bit of a giggle or whatever, or you have a little aside that shows me like, oh, you're a person and you see the situation as well. But so there's le- none of that. This leads me to my next question. Mm. Were there characters that we did care about? Was there anyone in this show that we did have any sort of soft spot for or were invested in I the story? I liked Poe. I liked Poe too. I liked Poe. Because Poe had a little bit of like character that made him just that little bit different to everybody Mm. else that made him stand out a bit of quirk a bit of something unusual about him and that made him endearing and the whole idea of him sort of being in this Edgar Allan Poe um sort of outfit or whatever and doing the hotel that way it was that was one of my favorite parts of the first episode was like oh this Mm. this is kind of fun you know just something I want in there and yeah (laughs) think Two things I don't quite understand about that character, though. So mm. he's not a hologram, right? He's like, is it like nanotechnology? Because he seems to have like a physical presence. Yeah. It's like but a then hard he can also, situation from Star Trek or something like that. Yeah, I'm not really he, sure either. He can like appear anywhere. I would have liked them to at least like throw away a line to explain the technology that we're looking at. Sure. Sometimes mm. I would get distracted like, so what is he or where mm. is he? Because when sure. he says, you know, they're killing me in the real, mm-hmm. I was like, I assume they'd like... But then does he still exist in... The virtual. The virtual? It seems yeah. to suggest that he died for real. Yeah. yeah. So if you die in the real... I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't so know. The, the logistics of that I didn't quite understand. The other thing is like how valuable is real estate in mm. this time period? Mm-hmm. How can you... Uh, sustain a hotel, hotel yeah. a hotel, a fully functioning How is he hotel. His rates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there seemed to be a lot of businesses running this way where there would just mm. be an empty room, uh, empty, like giant building. Like, oh. this silly idea that no one would stay there in 50 years because AIs are like too clingy, clingy yeah. girlfriend, ex girlfriend, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Was cute, but yeah, it didn't make any sense I whatsoever. I question <laughs> the legality of absolutely obliterating someone. If a, a a guest is in any way threatened, listen. The police, the law in it's, general, <laughs> this entire thing is very. There were hazy. I was like, I just need like a Law and Order SVU episode <laughs> of this show that I can just kind of like grasp a little bit. There was a bit in the last episode where Kristen is attacking um, the Ghost Walker guy, right? And she's mm. broken his leg, and he's like crawling away and the police show up and her like yeah. sergeant whatever's there and you know they're all there this guy is not getting away mm. and they just sit there and watch her like brutally stab murder him mm-hmm. I'm like I understand mm. he's a bad guy yeah. but he is helpless defenseless <laughs> yeah. on the ground I guess and it's that just- whole noir thing of like you know cops doing what they gotta do type of thing they're not like the good guys that have been portrayed in like mo- modern cinema generally I guess 
Um, and we all sure. know they're on the take anyway, so we yeah, don't have that expectation. I, it, it, it's the thing is, if you, if you, yeah, no one has, and it's like, who do you care about if everybody's just willing to go, oh yeah, you just Bruce Lee murdered, murdered that guy. There are no rules. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, it's hard to really care at that point. Yeah. Are there any other characters we cared about at all? I actually liked Kristen. I thought she was. I don't she was, dislike Kristen. She had a lot so of pep to I her. I do dislike Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. don't you like about her? Um, it annoys me that she isn't a character. Probably It's probably my big. I. She's a stereotype I, of swearing and. What annoyed me is I really okay. wanted to like her, and I definitely liked her more once she got her arm. But before that, she had been portrayed to be so. Incompetent. She's terrible at her job. She's so bad at her fucking job. And yet, job. you can murder someone in front of the police and they won't arrest you. So I don't know. Maybe she's really good at her job. This is what I mean, though. Yeah, there's only moments where she just like makes a dumb decision or makes a very obvious mistake that puts her or other people in danger. And I just found it infuriating. And then the constant screaming and yelling like a child about things that you could see that she was wrong. And it was very, even within the scene, clear that she was on the wrong side of that argument. I just found it infuriating. I didn't, she wasn't interesting. She wasn't. Did her connection with her mother and her family help at all? They, they had that scene with her and her grandmother when yeah, she came I back certainly did to help. visit yeah, like, yeah. like Coco, like the movie Coco. Yes, actually. exactly. Like the movie just- Coco. <laughs> um, yeah, it did help. I mean, I was more attached to her mum and her interesting kind of, you know, devout religious, you know, ideas mm-hmm. and how she felt about living in that world, um, how sad she felt about her daughter because she didn't think that she would go to heaven because she had like changed mm-hmm. her code. And like, that's a really complicated relationship. It's like, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. But as far as the character herself, <laughs> nothing like. <laughs> what did you like about Kristen? <laughs> I, I just, uh, from what you were saying, like seeing her with her family, yeah. I think the show doesn't give that to any other character mm. in 100%. this in this show. So like she had more humanity to her. She had a purpose that I could get behind. I could understand her motivations of what she was trying to achieve in this show. Yep. Getting her boyfriend back, getting justice for what happened. Um they were extremely I, personal. They weren't always nihilistic. Yeah. Like there was something there's affection and humanity there. Yeah. Yeah. Um and she was just like a go-getter. She didn't take no for an answer, and Real she just up and did. Comer. Yeah, <laughs> she just did what she wanted, no matter what the consequences were. Mm. And um, yeah, like she was a badass. So I, I was, I, I had affection for her for sure. Mm. Sure, I, of the, all the characters in the show, I agree with you that she yeah. was, while ultimately terribly cliche and all the things you said to mask. Also, they gave her enough that I cared more she about her. She gave you something, else. which was nice. Like, something. You know, in the middle of an episode or whatever, you'd have, like, yeah, that family touch, which was a relief. Something. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you an element that really didn't work, though. The Lizzie stuff. Oh, is, boy. Boy, is that a complete waste of time. I don't even know why it's in the show. The idea of that she's been, like, traumatized, try to get behind that. Mm-hmm. This whole idea you of. You love when women are traumatized. What I said. <laughs> That's how I chose to hear it. <laughs> that the there was something to the idea of Poe trying to rehabilitate her and give her a power back. I enjoyed that dynamic. But then they didn't do anything with that. And for some reason, I didn't care when Poe died. And I really didn't care when she got uploaded to 
friggin' head in the clouds, or whatever it was, and then she just was a Deus Ex Mark and a badass who started like. Hmm. How does this get written into a show? I don't understand at what point you go, by the way, we need to have this character who no one's interacted with really on any level before come in and be involved in the climax. It was just very strange. And I didn't quite, like, had we been introduced to the synthetic uh, sleeves that could be changed into anybody or There was one person they went to, when he first went to, I think, The Fight Club guys? No, um, it was one of the sleazy parlours. Prick Up or the one where he first talked to... The the sex worker who then got murdered later on. I can't remember her name. Was it like Jack it off or whatever? Jack it off. That's it. And <laughs> what a gr- club. I was actually going to say great name for a There club. was a lot of fun pun <laughs> names in there. I did enjoy that. But it wasn't even a pun. Jack it off. It, it's, it wasn't like a jacket oh, that you wear. Sure, it was sure. literally Jack, Jack it, it off. off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I wanted it to be, I'll take your jacket off. And but it wasn't that. I believe someone there said, I can be whatever you want me to be, and their face changed. And they okay. were a synthetic. Right. And right? also with the guy who owns the Fight Club, he had one of those cool new synthetic suits. And she was like, oh, I That's thought that right. means you could make it whatever you wanted. And he slightly changed his face. And he's like, I did. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like, so. But I did forget when it happened on the show when she changed her body. And I was like, wait, what's happening? (laughs) Mm. If that's available, why isn't everyone just doing that? There's a lot of questions like that about how expensive things are compared to other things. And because, particularly because Kovacs just has all the money available to him, Mm. it's really hard to ascertain what's expensive, what's not. We know that that 3D printer thing is like super illegal and really expensive. Mm -hmm. But like, I understand why a synthetic suit, where that comes in why isn't there more of that that seems really cool Mm. why don't more people have bionic arms because that seems really helpful as well to do that like Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of like unexplored territory there so that just reminded me of a line that just like it didn't it didn't make any sense so coco is with rich man in the leper colony and he's like why don't you help them and he says if i can't fix everything then i should fix nothing at all yeah that's his rebuttal But, but i was just like but you could very easily fix this situation right now. Mm-hmm. You, you're not fixing it, but you could. Like, it just, it was a terrible argument. At that point, I was like, this show is fucking ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Like, how good of a PR move really is it to go get touched by lepers and die? Like, <laughs> particularly if you do it every other week. Like, that's oh, that's happening again. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if Scott Morrison's like, off to the leper colony. <laughs> But was just rubbing it in your face that he was rich enough to just get another body. Yeah. Did 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 we did we find Bancroft interesting at least as like this you know god guy who'd lived for hundreds of years? I kind of wish we'd to- spent more time with him, getting him to know, getting to know what it really was to be a meth, I guess, and. Yeah, imagine he's yeah. got like 20 kids and he's been living for like so many years. Yeah, like he's and- so bored that he has to go out and like. Rape and murder women like once a week. It's like the opposite of the good place. Yes. It's like, have you watched the good place? Yes, yes. And like, it's funny having just watched a show that deals with how living forever sucks. And you Mm. just get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm done with what either I become a brain dead zombie or I get so complete that I decide to just stop existing. The opposite version is you start. Raping you become and so violent because yeah. you're bored. Uh, yeah. Imagine <laughs> that version of the good place where Chidi and Eleanor are like going out slitting like <laughs> sex workers' throats. I can imagine Tahani doing something like that. That's right in her wheelhouse. Oh god. You know what? I wouldn't mind that special bonus episode. Yeah. While we're talking about shitty lines, I just want to talk mm. about some of the love cliches. Mm. Um, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. 
the for instance the bit where um Kovach meets Kristen she's got like gone to find him because he's suddenly back on the radar and he's gonna pretend that he doesn't want to mm. be around her so you gotta do the whole thing I, do, I, I love act. how many like cliche scenes like that there's, they have I've <laughs> seen that a million times love it yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah like I don't actually love you but yeah. I'm just saying that to protect you yeah get the, away from me lassie yeah the <laughs> survive that's an order which obviously means I love you of course mm. yeah. and the good old wounded soldier meets nurse fantasy when he gets hurt and then it's like come back to my place and I'll patch you up and then we'll have a lot of sex mm-hmm. like like, boy, they just lean into all of those There's cliches. nothing sexier than getting wounds stitched An open up. wound. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah. that's ever had stitches is just like, I am horny as <laughs> fuck right now. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. So where? how did you feel about the way, like, this show has a very conventionally happy ending? Like I was shocked by that. Yeah, I, for as such we got a, the epilogue, I was like, "Wait, ooh, okay, yeah. we're getting everything." For such a, a dark, a gruesome, gritty show, it has like a downright happy ending for everyone involved. Like, mm. did you guys? Feel- I was pretty checked out at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think it speaks to this show sees itself as being dark and gritty. I'm not sure it's that dark and gritty though. Like mm-hmm. it's, I guess it's, you know, it is, there is violence there and there is sex. But I, when I think of dark and gritty, I think it's something a bit, I guess, edgy and really saying something that m- might be confronting, like as an audience being like, oh, wow. It, so for me, it's not that. So the fact that it has a happy ending while well, I was like, oh, okay, they're doing it. Looking back on it, it makes sense because it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's quite, you know, paint by numbers and so if it ends that way I'm like okay sure it wasn't satisfying for me you didn't find it satisfying I mean just because I wanted it to be I wanted to feel something I wanted to be like heavy hitting Mm -hmm. but obviously his sister dies he lives Mm -hmm. Um, everyone kind of gets Right, what gets they his want. Body back. Yeah, she everything gets, gets her boyfriend back. What they want, which is it also just not what I wanted from the show. It doesn't feel authentic to the world as has been presented to us, which is we're being told all the time that those things can't happen, those things can't happen, those things can't happen. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's always about how uh, the rich control everything, they'll always get their way, blah, blah, blah. And then somehow the cops just decide to start doing the right thing and mm-hmm. the right people are prosecuted and the right people get punished in the right ways and the good people mm. get their stuff back. As if and, the meths don't own just, the courts somehow. Yeah, and that, wouldn't that be the assumption? Doesn't mm-hmm. all just get wrapped up beautifully. Like yeah. that conspiracy, do we really think like the whole conspiracy, everybody's interest just disappeared instantly? Like doesn't fit with the quote unquote complex and dark world they have tried to present the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that pat ending feels unearned or just not authentic to the show that we got, I thought. Yeah, but also I, I didn't care at that point. So. <laughs> um, I, 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 my feelings aren't that strong. Like I, I was definitely caring at the end. Um, but I probably would have preferred. Yes, head in the clouds gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. Go with that. Yeah. I think yes. Um, reveal the villain. Like well, the James Perf, James Perfoy's character. The fact that what he did, what he did, and mm-hmm. she did what she did. Um, but then let them get away with it. Mm, that I think totally. would make way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you need to leave now. Make sure that Kovach has to get out of there. Mm. Um, it's not going to be a super happy ending for him, but he is going to live. But yeah, yeah the corruption because, doesn't just get all solved because yeah. of one incident. Yeah, like the this. problem wasn't that you know the that chief of that one station was on the take. The problem was like 
literally systemic. That was what yeah. the show was about. And so to have one person who was the leader of like that one group of police be like, oh, actually, I changed my mind. Or the lawyer woman who at that point was left powerless for them to be like, oh, actually, we want to rile against the system. You've told me that the system is overwhelming. And so for it to for it then to be overwhelmed by a handful of people didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any side notes to mask? I do. Um, I think we can all agree on this one, but just the amount of shower scenes and like from like behind just butts, just steamy wet butts. That was just my side. I just want to acknowledge that. It was I. Am <laughs> I wrong in saying there was a like every time there was a shower scene, they always had to be propping themselves up against the wall? Yeah. Which made me wonder if the showers were. really That's how you know that the they're future. really going through something, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But did everyone was always going through something. <laughs> did you not enjoy the shower scene? Oh no, I loved it. That's <laughs> yeah. my favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, all the opening titles. That was the top of my list. So I've got this thing about. Modern day opening titles, they're all the fucking same. Yeah. They're like the close-up panning shots of like a detailed element of that's something that's part of the show. Yeah. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. Every show has it Pretty and this sure. show had it. Yeah. yeah. We mentioned earlier like two actors from Dollhouse. Um, but there was also a moment where they say five by five that I thought was a Buffy reference. Mm-hmm. I yes, wrote that down And as then well. I Googled it. I was like, oh, it's just the new way that you say instead of no. like loud and clear or whatever. Definitely you say five reference. by five. You reckon? I, you reckon? I, I want to believe. Okay. All right. Because we'll, I remember we'll listening to a Buffy commentary mm. and Joss Whedon saying that he doesn't know what that means. He mm. just wrote it in. Well, because years ago, I That's Googled it. so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, years ago, because I remember being like, what the fuck does that mean? And I looked it up and nothing mm. came up. Oh. But mm. now I look it up and it's like a radio call that instead of saying loud and clear, it's five by five. I want to believe. Was it changed by Buffy? Buffy did it first. I hope yeah. so. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, other Buffy connection is the tech. Warren. Was oh, Warren. I, Adam yes. Every Bush. time he was on screen, I was like, how dare you? you <laughs> what get exists? My- yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't care if you're playing a different character. You're an insult. Well, at least he got shot. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that was Right bad. through the stack. <laughs> He's not coming back. <laughs> That's what you get. Retribution. Um, oh, this is one thing I hate about so many sci-fi cyberpunks. Everyone has terrible tattoos Mm. like the tattoos are just so fucking shit and tacky i just it's something that bothers me about the genre just want to bring that up um also i had a question why do some people's accents transfer and others don't Mm. i mean one of my key questions is why when they're in the virtual do they look like their current sleeve Especially when some people have been in that sleep for about 10 seconds mm, and they're yeah. not seeing themselves represented in the virtual. I was like, what's the technology there? But how confused, like at a point it'd be like, <laughs> how confusing is this show? Who is what? <laughs> what is going on? And yet yeah. that would be a very cool way to be able to incorporate the original actor who played Tack into some more of the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. I actually, and maybe try and get those performances to feel like they mesh in some way. Yeah. Um, I thought it was actually a missed opportunity in a lot of ways. Yeah, the answer to your question, meh. (laughs) I think it's just like, because then we had, um, when Dimmy was in Coco's old sleeve, Mm -hmm. um, and I think he was trying to do a Russian accent, but it was terrible. Is that what was going on? Possibly. All the Russian accents in this show were sketchy. Very as accurate. Fuck. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, um, it was his, so bad. And, and he was in Dollhouse as well. Yeah, he was. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah um, he's just really, really bad. <laughs> I feel bad because I've met him once and he was really lovely. And oh. he's like, 
really sexy. And they're calling him out. What a dickhead yeah, you are. Yeah, I know. Right. Piece uh, of shit. Just, just the terrible lines, one of which was when um, his sister, after she'd been hacked or whatever, just goes, damn Ava Elliot. I was like... Really? You felt compelled to write that bit of dialogue? We need to know that she knew who did it. We needed to know that. And damn. there was no more elegant way. I don't know if I've ever said damn and then someone's name. Damn, Broderick Goddess. <laughs> well, you said that before. That's true. All the time. Also, how many times are women called bitch in this show? It's like you can't think of one other like maybe non-gendered insult to like mm. fling at a woman. It's just such like great on me, particularly towards the end. Particularly like so often it was another woman calling a woman a bitch. I was like, Phew. it's yeah. just irritating me. But that's the end <laughs> of my side notes. Uh, so quick side notes from me. We get a scene in episode two or three, I think, where the sister uh, is using the mother's body. Um uh, for sex or whatever it is. What, what, what? Sorry, the, or the daughter of um, Bancroft. And, oh, yeah. And she's like using it. And it's like, that's the only time we see that character the entire show, I yes. think. It's just for that scene to go, oh, you're just pretending to be yeah. a mum. Just so you know that you can <laughs> pretend to be a parent. Okay. It comes up later, Brad. <laughs> Wait for it. Mm, that was helpful. Yeah. Uh, there's that fight in like the fighting ring, whatever. Reminded me a lot of season two of Dark Angel. Does anyone remember Dark Angel? Yes. Also, those, like, did half you animal do you think those animals things look like the guy from the Goonies? That's I what I thought. Seen the Goonies. Oh well, you're losing them. <laughs> uh, great line. No more dead children. Who's gonna stop me? <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so terrible. When they're like. <laughs> Head in the clouds is going down and he's like hugging like Ray's dead body mm. and he's singing that awful nursery rhyme to oh, her. Oh, about the patchwork man? Oh, this is fucked. choices are these? I question why were children reading that patchwork man book in the first place? I, I that was so horrific. they were making it up, weren't they? Wasn't the idea they were but making up the, their own story? They were making it up, but then the illustration... Like totally new- matched their well, story? Well, I think it was yeah. morphing. I think that was sort of like it was morphing to be what they were talking about, not uh, what was actually in the book. Okay. I thought that was confusing as well. Yeah. I could be 100% wrong about that. Either way. The way I understood it is they just had a, this really <laughs> horrific, gruesome book that they were reading. That might be mm. true as well. Just one of the best examples of the show taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. When the two f- versions of, um, what's his, Coco, are doing the rock, paper, scissors, mm. and every time they do the thing, it's just like, a, si- a little thud of just yeah. like thud of how important this drama, bro, is. Drama, bro, oh, drama. Of a rock, know. paper, scissors game. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Finally, <laughs> Elder Civilization. We don't really understand what that is yet, do we? That's I think they're the aliens like that gave them the technology. technology. But we've not really... We didn't get super into the lore. No, of that but yet, I'm looking we? forward to that. Cool. Uh, I've got a side note. So I don't know if you guys are aware that uh, Nick Horan, he's a film director and he directed the second and third episodes, mm-hmm. and he also executive produced this show, he uh, has directed two of the Body Swap films that we've oh, done on the really? show. Yeah, um, So mm. he did... It's all coming together. Um, Love it's, it. It's a boy-girl thing um, produced by Elton John also. And, Who's in that? Um, I think I've seen it. Samir Armstrong from uh, The O.C. and uh, I've definitely seen that, yeah. Yeah. And he also uh, directed a film that we're going to be releasing the episode in a few weeks called Virtual Sexuality. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. It was like a British rom-com from the 90s. Cool. I'm currently Googling it because I want to know. Oh, my God. The poster looks amazing. I'm definitely going to watch it and listen. (laughs) Um, And he also 
executive produced and directed a whole bunch of episodes of another show that um, features a lot of body swapping called Travelers that's also on Netflix about a bunch of people from the future that travel back in time and then inhabit other bodies. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, so I feel like this guy has a thing for body swapping. Now, one thing I've discovered doing our show is that there is a subculture of people out there that like body swapping is their kink. Mm. So it's definitely a thing. I mean, I get it. Did you see how sexy this show was, guys? Yeah. I get it. Speaking of <laughs> kinks, I believe you want to play a game of Hot or Not, which yeah. is famously on your show, mm-hmm. the Swapcast podcast. Yeah. So my um, my co-host, when they found out I was doing this episode and that we're going to be doing Hot or Not, mm. they insisted that I have to sing the theme song that we always please. sing. Oh, yes, show. please. Um, so, so, but just a bit of an um, explanation. So this is a very high-minded segment where mm-hmm. what we do is go through the cast and determine if we find them attractive or not. I can do that. All right, so here we go. Are they a toot or a boot? Are they ugly or cute? Tell me if they're hot or not. Everybody's Everyone is beautiful in their own way. That was Good lovely. work, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fire Brendan and Lucy when I get home. Yes, finally. <laughs> um. All right, so let's start at the top. Joel Kinnaman, hot or not, Damask? I'm going to go, he's pretty hot. Yeah, yep, yep. And also, he, he did make me care about the character, so I was emotionally invested. And have you checked out those abs and pecs? Yeah. Mm. I would reference the abs and pecs. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I would say that Joel Kinnaman is hot. Yes. Would be my official yeah. diagnosis. I would be very shocked if somebody <laughs> gave him a not. Though, that being said, if this was my show, I would predict that Lucy would give him a, a not just to be shit to me. Mm, but, um, yeah, I would definitely give him a, a hot. <laughs> it's like a supreme human being. <laughs> <laughs> a perfect sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously not my jam, but I get it. <laughs> not my I jam totally either. Get and it. yet. That's true. I forgot he wasn't your hot. jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, Martha Higuereta as Kristen Ortega. I, it's really hard to like <laughs> judge another woman, but I'm going to say uh, not. She's beautiful. She's like objectively stunning. Yeah. And... The body be banging, man. Yeah. That, and that we again. see every inch of yeah. that body. I don't – this is so judgmental. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But – and it's beautifully done, but the amount of filler she's got, mm. I find distracting. Mm. Yeah. It looks good. It's like it really is amazingly – the filler's done beautifully, but it's not my jam. Okay. I feel so nervous. <laughs> is, this, is it a weird thing to say? I oh kind of want to say not because mm. I'm worried she was – much of her casting was because of the bod. Like yeah. there's oh, so much fair. emphasis mm. on it, mm-hmm. and it is quite a bod. Yeah, yeah. That I kind of find it. <laughs> Love the use of the word bod over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> not hot that that was why she was cast. Uh, it seems a bit weird. She's but hot. she's she's, she's, hot. she's, she's hot. stunning. She's stunning. <laughs> yeah, she's I'm gonna give her a hot. I okay. mean, like yeah. obviously she's not my jam, but yeah. yeah. She, Are she's we overthinking this? It's just who, <laughs> it's just who we find personally attractive, sure, right? Sure. It's, it's go just, with your gut. Yeah, okay. You know, like, right. don't overthink this. Okay. okay, you're right. Just go okay. with it. Yeah. Um, okay, so Renee Elise Goldsberry as Quillcrest. I found her hot. She's got daddy energy and I'm down for it. Yeah, I think she's hot, like 
quite naturally quite beautiful, mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can see, as much as I don't believe their love story, mm-hmm. I can see why you might end up uh, following her ideals and finding her, like, appealing in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm going to give her a hot because she is attractive, <laughs> but... Are you just going to give uh, everyone a hot so we look like... This is one of the most attractive casts I've ever seen yeah. in any it show is. ever. There's a lot of emphasis uh, on attractive yeah. Um But, like, I've just wished that someone more interesting would be sleeved into that sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think <laughs> I would be able to... personality wasn't I would not be able to hang around that character I wish like, for more than five minutes. Gotcha. I wish we did this segment on The Good Place. It just would have been hot, 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 hot for all six of them. They're all amazing. Not for me, my friend. Really? Who would you give a good place? Yeah. Cheaty. I fucking hate Cheaty. I don't find Cheaty hot. Do you remember his body in season three? But that personality, drip, drip, drip. Okay. 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 Um, and Lockman um, as Ray, his sister. Hmm. Someone else go first because I've, re- I've got to think. I've got hot, to think. Hot. I'm giving her a hot. I've always liked it. So when thing. it's not just the physical stuff; it's the personality as well. Yeah. If that's coming into play, she's not hot <laughs> for me. Oh, we're talking about Ray. No. Or the actress. We're talking about the characters, aren't we? I suppose we're talking about the characters. Yeah, we're talking about the characters. Yeah. So it's got to be a not hot for me because I she's know. fucking annoying. She did a nude fight scene with a bunch of broken glass on the ground. So that's pretty hot. The actor in her ability and like and the confidence. That's pretty amazing. amazing. It doesn't mean anything in their world though, so it's not that amazing. Okay, I'm going hot. <laughs> All right. Wait, two, well, two you hot. said hot? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. two yeah. hots overrule, one not. So yeah, that's fair. she still that's gets fair. the hot. Um, I love a bit of democracy <laughs> when judging other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that is democracy. This is how Facebook started, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> I've become the very thing I hate. What do we think about Poe? Hot or not? Listen, he's got a different style. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's a classy gentleman. He is a class gentleman. Mm-hmm. Great host. Yeah. Mm. I think he's kind of hot. What I'm, about you? I'm going to give him a hot with the... Uh, <laughs> Little asterisks? Asterisks that I, I would request that he changes up his hair and mm. facial hair situation. But other than that, so I would like, give him sure, a hot. buddy, just change your face. Yeah, um, and he'd just like <laughs> click his finger, and it would happen. So I'm going to give him a hot, I think, because he just seems like a nice person. A little bit of something, uh, just a I like side detail. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's the Jimi Hendrix Hotel, but they couldn't get the rights off the uh, Hendrix estate to use that, which is part of the reason they changed the character. There you go. There you go. Uh, Tamara <laughs> Taylor as Umu Prescott, the lawyer. Yeah, so hot. Oh my god, so fucking hot. Yes, please, thank you. I'm gonna another Whedonite, by the way. Mm. I'm gonna. Oh, who who was she? She in uh, Serenity. She's the teacher in like Ray's oh, flashbacks. Yes, mm. yes, that's right. Um, Not Ray. First, uh, yeah, I was like what? the first voice you hear in Whatever the whole film, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Summer Glass character. What's her name? River. River's River, yeah. flashback. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give her a not just purely based on that fringe. I couldn't get past it. Oh. I hate harsh oh, that's, short. That's where you went. Heart mm. short fringes are my like, I would uh, not. It depends what the face is like underneath them, my friend. <laughs> it just distra- detracts, I think. Fair. Right. What, do you, what would you say? I, I don't have a problem with the French. <laughs> <laughs> You're happy with a heart on that one, bro? Totally with a heart. Yeah. I'm a heart. <laughs> I specifically want to bring up Walid Zuatia, sorry, who played Samir Aboud. Do we mm. remember this character? He died halfway through the season and yes. we all forgot about him. <laughs> I do remember him. Samir. Which one was Samir? Yeah, Samir was, the, sorry. Uh, Her, like, uh, partner about died. The partner 
that died in the elevator. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah remember yeah, how yeah. everyone forgot yeah. about him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because I think well, clearly he's not hot enough to remember. <laughs> so no, he would like if this was my show. Lucy would give him a, like a eleven out of ten because mm. she loves that like kind of salt and pepper hair. Gotcha. This you is, know, this maturing. is exactly what I think. Um, I think he's a very attractive man. Yeah, I was very sad he died. Yeah, and I love I a bit of an accent. I literally can't even picture his face other than like the grey hair, like. I, I don't know. I, Well-groomed beard. And no, didn't yeah. didn't register in my brain. Um, yeah, I'm getting him hot. And also on a non-hot or not side note, I think that elevator scene was one of the strongest scenes in the whole show, like in terms of this, the tense. Yes. And like my friend was watching was me directed, watch it yeah. and I was like gasping. It was so horrific. It was yeah, pretty it was good. Just, it was one of the better first or one of the times with the, the shock of violence of like that thing that oh, he that had thing's yeah. disgusting. really worked oh well. I was like, that is awful to watch that go through a person. Mm. It's disgusting. No, I agree. Yeah. That was a good Ugh, scene. Yuck. Yeah. Just thinking. Ugh. And the star <laughs> shape it makes. Mm. Like yeah. as it pulls out. If, so oh my gougy. God. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Least, just because continue the ranking theme here. Mm-hmm. Least favorite and favorite episode. Paul, what was your least favorite episode? Least favorite episode was episode seven. Nora Annoy, which I already... The just, flashback the, episode. It was the flashback mm. episode. Sure. I just uh, get to the stuff I care about. Um, like, I mean, there was a lot of information that we learned in that episode, but I feel like there would have been a better way to get to that um, for what we got. And pretty much all the really relevant stuff came right at the end. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would be my least favourite. Damask? Um, the episode I deem not hot, keep it on the theme, um, <laughs> is like episode 10. I think because at that point I still had hope that it may redeem itself. Um, but I was so unhappy with the sister being the villain, how all of that played out. Um, and, yeah, there's the very sappy kind of happy, happy ending yeah, it's just not where I wanted it to go. And so I left it being like, ah, meh, take it or leave it. Yeah. So I think that was pretty disappointing after watching nine hours of a show. End, yeah. Ending feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brad? I agree. Least favorite episode was episode 10, The Killers. I think it's a really good point you make as well. It's like nine hours of TV and like built on a mystery and an intriguing world. And to get to a place where I'm just like, oh, that was, that was it. It was very disappointing for me. I had truly zoned out by the last few minutes of that show. Uh, Paul, what was your favourite episode? Um, I am going to give it to episode nine, Rage in Heaven. Um, mm. I thought this is in the show really came into that that feeling of like the group coming together and they had this heist to work towards. Mm-hmm. It had that big reveal um, where you think he's betrayed everyone and then it like comes up 18 hours earlier and then you realize that you know everything um isn't what it seemed um i think it was the show at its most fun it Mm. felt more fun than the other episodes um and it made me really hyped for the finale episode um not all that hype was obviously met even though i didn't dislike the last episode like you guys did Mm. i can definitely see where you're coming from but i thought episode nine was particularly strong can I say just on that though, the whole like idea of like 18 hours earlier or whatever and we find out that he double sleeved and stuff like that. Yeah. 
the potential for the double sleeving is so sky high. Yeah. And to just make it that you just went off and had a bunch of sex to get the surveillance off you, it's kind of a letdown in terms of what you can do with that. Yeah. Even for that bit at the end with like, which of us going to die? It's like, mm. I didn't really care about that. Uh, Damask, what was your favourite episode? Controversial, guys. Um, it's <laughs> episode four, yes. which is the one you guys didn't like. It was the torture one. Oh, wow. Um, for me, because the mystery was still going on and it was relatively early on. I was seeing the potential for the show still. I wanted those answers. Um, yeah, the world was still fascinating to me. I was in, I enjoyed like learning like little tidbits more of like what the envoys were capable of and how like their training kind of went about. Um, it was fucking brutal. So I was like, holy shit, the different types of torture was fascinating and horrific and fucked up and all those things that – I don't know, it, it held my attention and I was like, oh, this show's going to be fine. I'm interested, yeah. My favourite episode was episode one. It's just where I felt mm. the potential of the show was high, the mm. ideas, the world, as Blade Runner-esque as it was. It was quite interesting to look at. I'm seeing like ideas like, what are these opal things? Sleeves, 250 years he's been there for. Song Spire Tree, Elder Civilization, Envoys, Quellcrest, Falcon. It's just like all these ideas and terms, mm. the world seems so amazing and big. Mm-hmm. And uh, then to end at the Raven, which I thought was a very fun idea in terms of, oh, this is going to be his base of operations. We're going to spend a lot of time here with this quirky AI. This is going to be a lot of fun. And it never really got better than that for me. Uh, do we have any predictions, hopes, or concerns for season two? Which have is, you guys seen the trailer? That was my first question. I have I've seen, just the, seen trailer. the poster. Yeah. No. Um, I am excited by the inclusion of Anthony Mackie as the new Takeshi Kovacs. Mm. Uh, it's very, very interesting to change that actor. Um, goes mm-hmm. a long way to make the decision of having, you know, it being a white man in the first season when you can change that again in the second season mm-hmm. is quite fun. Um, did you have any thoughts, Paul? Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the tr- the trailer actually makes it look like a completely different show in a really lot of does. ways. Like the setting mm. is completely different. Mm. Pretty much all the actors bar one uh, are um, different. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I'm most worried about is that it does seem to be focusing a lot on the love story between him and Quill. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she was my least favorite part of the first season. And I kind of do think I'm going to miss the characters from season one, mm-hmm. which will I don't think are going to be part of this at all. I know it's set 30 years after this season. So um, I hope that we get some Easter eggs and we get to see where some of those characters are up to. Um, Maybe slip a bit of Joel Kinnaman back. Maybe he just really needs to have a shower on whatever planet (laughs) Kovacs is on now. So It is interesting Mm. on the love story thing. I agree with you. That's a worry for me too. Yeah, But maybe hopefully with a new actor playing that mm. role. Mm-hmm. This is like a second chance to make us care about them. Yeah. And they can retroactively not fix that stuff, but mm. I can care about this iteration of those characters and yeah. maybe that will work. Also, I think yeah. like, you know, this show could really do with, you know, some real focus. And mm-hmm. so if you do have perhaps a focus, which is a love story, maybe that will, you know, feel a little bit more realised this time mm-hmm. round um, when they really invest in creating those characters, creating that chemistry and all that kind of stuff. Um, I am happy that all the characters bar one are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what the show needs because I was not impressed with many. <laughs> if you, any. Uh, would you mind if I gave a minor spoilers from the trailers? Something I am excited about too. Go for it. I'm excited that uh, Poe's back. Yeah. I did see that in a still because I'm on the IMDb at the moment. Oh, sorry. That means there's, sorry, there's two returning characters. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. right. Um 
Yeah. Do you mean returning actors? Actors, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I am excited by Poe being back because I think he has the potential to be one of the more interesting and fun parts of the show mm-hmm. based on the first season. Don't know how he's back, but I'll take it. Before we wrap up, there's another segment you like to do on the Swapcast podcast. Yeah. Tenuous recommendations, is that right? Yes. So in this uh, segment, we mm-hmm. each recommend a piece of media. So it could be a movie, TV show, book um, that is anyway connected to whatever we're reviewing on that episode. So it could have a shared actor, director, producer, theme. Um, and okay. in Brendan's case, it could be whatever he convoluted. I, I've heard his before. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It's very entertaining. Was it Chasing the Bubble on the Jumanji episodes? It cha- yeah, Chasing Bubbles. Mm. Uh, it, it, it gets – he really Come takes on, the tenuous part <laughs> to heart. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want me to start? Or? Please, yeah. Okay. So, Show us the way, Sensei. <laughs> so my uh, connection is the actor Antonio Marziali, and mm. he played um, the character of Isaac, who was James, per- James Purfoy's son. Right, yes. Who um, they thought oh, might yeah. have killed mm-hmm. him at one point. And he um, was actually in a web series um, called The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. So this is. I second that recommendation. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's created by um, a comedian and actor called Brian Jordan Alvarez. Um, You may have recognized him if you watched the latest season of Will and Grace. Um, He plays Sean Hayes' boyfriend in that. But he's had like quite a bit of a web presence for a long time and he makes a lot of high quality content for YouTube. Free of charge, he'll just randomly just go, oh, I'm uploading a movie today. And it's a, f- a full movie with full production values. Wow. And with no, like, pr- um, promotion or anything. And he did this for this web series. Um, and it's actually a really fun show about a bunch of um, actors and uh, people living in L.A. and their romantic entanglements. Um, but his the way he paces his humor and the way um, the show's written is very much its own thing. I don't think mm. I've ever seen anyone else write a show like he writes a show or directs a show like he directs a show. Um, and like awesome representation. There's um, like non-binary characters and queer characters from every corner of the LGBTIQ um, uh, spectrum. And it's, Laugh out loud, funny and romantic, and um, yeah. So, uh, and it's all free to watch on YouTube. And some of the episodes only go for 10, 10 minutes, some twenty. So it's a really easy watch. You could probably watch the whole thing in one sitting. Awesome, very, very cool. Mm. Uh, my tenuous recommendation: James mm. Purfoy, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. plays Bancroft, is in a Knight's Tale. Yeah. As Sir Thomas Colville, my recommendation is not a Knight's Tale. Okay. I do love that movie. My recommendation is for the DVD commentary on A Knight's Tale. Okay. Interesting. Which does not feature James Purfoy, Uh but does feature director Brian Helgeland and Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, the actor uh, Vision in (laughs) the MCU, if you're into that. Um, And he's one of my all-time favourite 
movie commentaries. Mm-hmm. It is What's they, so good about it? it? They are just hilarious. It's mm-hmm. very informative on the filmmaking process. I remember watching the commentary more than watching the movie when I got it on DVD. It was just one <laughs> of those like first times I really got into the idea of like DVD commentaries and like talking about the filmmaking process and scripting and the change we're going behind it. And it's also extremely entertaining. Just great stories on like on-set production staff. They're having a great time doing the commentary and you'll have a great time listening to it. And yeah, I really, really liked it. It was the most tenuous connection I could think of to Molten <laughs> Carbon. Yeah, cool. I've got that DVD at home. I'll have to spin it up. Definitely. Oh, it's really worth yeah. Spin it up. Spin it up. I like yeah. using it. <laughs> nice. Brilliant. Um, how, do, how do I say her name? Daichin? Yeah, Daichin. Yeah. Daichin Luckman, um, who was in Neighbours, obviously. Mm, yeah. um, loved her in that. So through that, Neighbours... Kylie Minogue, who starred, well, she didn't star in it, but she was in San Andreas, which is my favourite rock film of all time. It's fucking great. You should all watch it. Somehow we got to the rock. <laughs> you know, full circle. I, full circle. I was, getting, I was yeah. getting really excited because I thought you were about to recommend Street Fighter. Oh, no, but that is great. Yeah. Street Fighter. Is she in Street she Fighter? Yeah, that, Kylie yeah. Minogue is in Street, oh, Fighter. In Street Fighter. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm. Oh, Iconic yeah. role as Cammy. Iconic role. <laughs> True. Where she yeah. has to announce every time she's about to kick someone. <laughs> Drop kick, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> sounds amazing. All right. I need to see That's that. That's also I'm a good recommendation. Sonic recently. I should watch more video game movies. So you've never seen Street Fighter? I'm, I think I know it's been on TV. I've definitely like seen mm. moments from it, but I've never sat down and watched Street Fighter. Dimas, you're saying you love ba- a good bad movie. Yeah. You have to watch Street Fighter. Oh, I have seen Street Fighter. It's, yeah. it's amazing because obviously I got into bad movies through like How Did This Get Made and stuff. Yeah. And that was one of their early episodes I yeah. watched. And it was amazing. It was really life changing. How does it compare <laughs> to, be honest, to Mortal yeah. Kombat? Because that is a Stone Cold classic, if you ask me. Um, I, that's the best. I, I, I mean, I love that one as well. Because mm-hmm. um, it came out after Mortal Kombat, didn't it? No, no. Oh, uh, it came out first. Yeah, Street oh. Fighter was first. Just like the video um, games, Street Fighter was first. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's on another level. Like John claude Van Damme, <laughs> he rocked up to to set every day, coked out of his mind, <laughs> and it's there on screen. So you you, you can't Love miss that. it. Mm. Brilliant. All right, listeners, take those recommendations <laughs> and thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick a.k.a. at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask. You can find me on Twitter at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Paul, where can people find you online? Um, go to the Swapcast podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us or else uh, just search the Swapcast podcast on pretty much every social media. We've got Insta, Facebook, um, Twitter, um, Grindr, Tinder, yeah. all of it. So just uh, send us a message. We love to hear from our listeners. So. Beautiful. And definitely check that out, listeners. It is a great podcast. And thank you so much for being on the show, Paul. Thank really you for appreciate having me. You for initiating this too. You reached out to us. Yeah. And this has been a lot of fun. Love to have you on again in the future if there's any more body swap uh, TV shows out there. <laughs> well, season two is dropping soon. So That's true. Know. Yeah, we'll have to go into that. Maybe before season three, we'll try and uh, do another one. Yeah. Uh, the next episode of Hunting Seasons, we'll be back to discuss... Bojack Horseman Season mm-hmm. 6 Part 2. Mm. Been promising this for about yes. three weeks. Is <laughs> got to make him more earn we it, got to <laughs> Yeah, I reckon. Mm. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. And so, completely.